My name is Emma Kalp. I'm 10 years old. And and why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he was the one that created me. Um, he also died on the cross, and um, and he's pretty much he's pretty much a role model to me. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus, and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world, and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. Hey, boys and girls. This is Alicia Yoder on another episode of the Jesus is Better podcast. You've probably heard your mom or dad talk about forgiving your brother or sister because Jesus has forgiven you, But have you ever forgiven yourself before? One time, I was trying to change the oven light bulb inside our old stove and yanked on a wrong part and heard a loud popping noise. The repairman said that the control board was fried and it would cost a lot of money to fix unless we decided to buy a new stove. I was so mad at myself for making that mistake. I hadn't sinned by breaking the stove, but I did need God's help to forgive myself, to give myself grace to believe I didn't have to be perfect because Jesus was perfect for me. Maybe there's something you need God to help you forgive yourself for too. You could ask him something like, Jesus, is there anything I need to forgive myself for? and see if he puts anything in your mind. Last time, we talked about two stories Jesus told, about the clever manager and the rich man and Lazarus, and how God wants us to think about and share the riches he's given us. Jesus continued teaching his disciples what God and his kingdom were like, even as he continued traveling toward his death in Jerusalem. He said to his disciples, Things that make people sin are sure to come. But how terrible it will be for anyone who causes those things to come. Suppose people lead one of these little ones to sin. It would be better for those people to be thrown into the sea with a giant stone tied around their neck. So watch what you do. If your brother or sister sins against you, Tell them they're wrong. Then, if they turn away from their sins, forgive them. Suppose they sin against you seven times in one day. And suppose they come back to you each time and say, I'm sorry, you must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, Give us more faith. He replied, Suppose you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Then you can say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled up and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. 
will you say to him when he comes in from the field, Come along now and sit down to eat? No. Instead, you will say, Prepare my supper. Get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. Then, after that, you can eat and drink. Will you thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? It's the same with you. Suppose you have done everything you were told to do. Then you should say, We are not worthy to serve you. We have only done our duty. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men met him. They had a skin disease and were standing close by. And they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Jesus saw them and said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. While they were on the way, they were healed. When one of them saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. The man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Weren't all ten healed? Where are the other nine? Didn't anyone else return and give praise to God except this outsider? Then Jesus said to him, Get up and go. Your faith has healed you. Once the Pharisees asked Jesus when God's kingdom would come. He replied, The coming of God's kingdom is not something you can see. People won't say, Here it is, or There it is. That's because God's kingdom is among you. Then Jesus spoke to his disciples. The time is coming, he said, when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you won't see it. People will tell you, there he is, or here he is. Don't go running off after them. When the Son of Man comes, he will be like the lightning. It flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first, the Son of Man must suffer many things. He will not be accepted by the people of today. Remember how it was in the days of Noah. It will be the same when the Son of Man comes. People were eating and drinking, getting married and giving their daughters to be married. They did all those things right up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven, and all the people were destroyed. It will be just like that on the day the Son of Man is shown to the world. Suppose someone is on the housetop on that day. And suppose what they own is inside the house. They should not go down to get what they own. No one in the field should go back for anything either. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life will keep it. 
Have you ever had someone tell you to say you're sorry when you didn't actually feel sorry for what you did? Maybe you felt like they deserved it and saying you're sorry would make it feel like you were the only one who did something wrong when they were wrong too. Have you ever had someone apologize to you and you didn't feel like forgiving them? Like what they did was so bad that saying they were sorry wasn't enough? I've felt those feelings at times too. But the good news is that we don't have to try to say we're sorry or offer forgiveness on our own. God is in the business of transforming our hearts to be more like His and loves it when we ask for His help. He sees every evil thing that is done in the world and every time someone is mean to you. He will bring punishment just as he'll bring forgiveness to those who ask for it. He doesn't expect us to be able to forgive on our own, but as we ask for his Holy Spirit's help, we'll be able to forgive so often that others will notice and get a glimpse of God's kingdom that's coming. And your friends will be able to see what God is like. Maybe one of your classmates stole your best friend away by inviting them to play and leaving you behind. Maybe it feels like forgiving them is as impossible as telling a tree to go plant itself in the ocean. But we can echo the words of those disciples, saying, Lord, give us more faith. Sometimes I like to picture taking the person I'm having a hard time forgiving to God's throne and leaving them there for God to deal with. Faith is a gift God loves giving, and He can give us faith eyes for the miracles He wants to do through our lives to grow His kingdom in people's hearts. It's like God is telling us to get in the car when we don't know where He's going to drive us and trusting that He's going to tell us what we need to know along the way. Where most of us live, it's polite to say thank you when we're in a restaurant and the waitress brings us our drink. But in some places around the world, they would think it's weird if you said thank you all the time because the waitress is just doing her job. When your mom or dad goes to work, their boss doesn't come to them at the end of every day and say, thank you for working for me today. When Jesus came to earth, he took on the role of a servant in order to purchase our salvation for us. He became a servant so that we could receive our adoption as God's daughters and sons as a gift and then serve others out of the joy of living with God as our daddy. Then we won't serve because we have to, but because we're so glad to be in his family and believe that where he's put us is best and so we can rest in his safety and care because we're his, knowing that he'll never fire us or kick us out of his family. We have it so much better than those men Jesus cleansed of their skin disease. The Samaritan man ran back to Jesus to praise God and thank him, but we never have to run back to thank Jesus for all he's done for us because he's always right beside us. 
We can turn to him in praise and be in awe of all he's doing in our life as much as we want. Sometimes, before I go to sleep at night, I like to think about all that happened that day and thank God for the good parts and for helping me in the hard parts, like when my baby was screaming or my kids were arguing. It helps me not to always be thinking about the next thing that's going to happen, rather than taking time to thank God for what did happen. Because he also just likes being with us, even when we're not getting anything done. If you're like me, maybe you wish that you could just make life perfect so everyone would get along and there wouldn't be any messes and nothing would break. But God wants to give us sure hope of a perfect eternity with him and also see the beauty that he sees in the mess of this broken world. Your little sister's toys scattered on the floor and the mess she makes with her food isn't wrong. It just means she's learning. God is also using our learning to grow his kingdom inside of us too. Our hearts can't be checked off a list, which is what the Pharisees wanted to do by telling people what they should and shouldn't do. When we take the time to be still with God, he helps us to rest from always trying to do better so that he can be the one doing the work in our lives and in the lives of those we love. And he helps us to believe that his kingdom is coming and that he's going to show us our part in it. It's actually a good thing not to feel like we've got everything figured out so that we can just ask God to help us obey him today. And when Jesus returns, it will be like a flash of lightning bursting from the sky. Until that happens, people will continue to ignore the fact that Jesus is coming, just as the people in Noah's time ignored his boat building, and the people in Lot's time kept doing whatever they felt like. Lot's wife looked back while they were escaping the fire from heaven and turned into a pillar of salt because part of her wanted to stay in the bad things people were doing. Even when it feels like people just keep getting worse and worse, we can keep living in God's hope that he'll bring faith to welcome more sons and daughters into his family all the way until he sends Jesus like a flash of lightning. And that we get to be a part of sharing his love with others for as long as he patiently waits. One of Jesus' disciples named Peter wrote these words after Jesus had gone back into heaven the first time. Dear friends, here is one thing you must not forget. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow to keep his promise. He is not slow in the way some people understand it. Instead, he's patient with you. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. Instead, he wants all people to turn away from their sins. God wants to keep showing us what to leave behind as we follow him, believing that he's going to lead us each day 
until our eternal celebration with him finally comes. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth to purchase our salvation and for promising to come again to welcome us into your perfect new home. Would you give us heart eyes that look forward to that while also being thankful for all you're doing in our lives now and in the lives of those we love? You're the best. Amen. Okay, friends, let's keep enjoying Jesus, and I'll talk to you next time.